0: This panel discussion was recorded at the recent Western Australian Brewers Association Conference in Perth. Brews News was able to attend to host and record these panels thanks to the generous support of Bintani, and we thank Bintani for their support, not only of us, but also those brewers in attendance at the conference and those unable to attend in person. Bintani, supplying the brewing industry with a wide range of quality brewing ingredients since 1995. Thank you for joining us for the panel looking at marketing to younger millennials. I actually think that when we put together the program, this is one of the most challenging and interesting topics that we actually have to deal with as an industry. And the thinking behind it was, if you think that... I don't want to start an argument, um, but if you trace the start of the modern craft beer movement back to Little Creatures, which really sparked and uh, accelerated craft beer in in Australia. Uh, They celebrated their 21st birthday last year. So if you think about that, anyone that celebrated their 18th birthday in Little Creatures in that first year is now pushing 40. Anyone that was drinking beer already is closer to my age, which is 52 going on 53. And over that time, the beer industry, the products that it makes have changed drastically. The social approach to alcohol has changed. How and where we reach consumers who are younger has changed drastically as well. And all of these put the brewing industry very much in the crosshairs for marketing. And you can then leverage, and one of the things I need to stress, this is not a panel on how do we get young people drinking um, because that's the last thing that anybody wants to be doing. But... With such a share of throat, as uh, it's often described, so many options, beer has some very, very real challenges. Uh, and that's the topic that my panel, <laughs> I don't have to do anything, it's up to them. So I can say that this is a tough one. And Bronte O'Donoghue, head of marketing at Eagle Bay Brewing, Tom Jockel, head of marketing from Shelter Brewing Company, and Meg Coffee from social media consultancy specialising in tourism and hospitality brands, coffee and tea. Thank you very much for joining us. Meg, we might start with you and maybe explain to us who we're talking about when we're talking about younger uh, millennials and younger millennials. I've said how old I am, just for everyone's frame of reference. um, So we can sort of. Tom, how old are you? I'm 32. Okay. Bronte?
1: I'm 27. I'm the generation they forget about. Which is? Why? Oh,
0: generation Y. Okay. Remember, well, everybody ge-
1: forgets I- about us. We didn't count.
0: I'm Gen Was X. So, okay. So, I'm 52. So we got
1: all of them covered then.
0: Okay. There we go. So, we're, we're talking from a... It's an inclusive panel. But anyway, right. I, I interrupted.
1: But everybody forgets about my generation. We don't count. We're just the ones doing all the hard work. Anyways. And I just feel old. <laughs> Millennials. So, you do. Millennials cover a really broad um, age range. And so, they are... You do have older ones, some that are nearing 40, and then the the younger ones that you said that are maybe still in their, their 20s, more um, Bronte's age. And so yes, yeah, so that was the, the answer to your what is a millennial question. The what are they drinking has completely changed. And it's not just you don't drink what your parents drank because it wasn't cool. It is that tastes and desires and wants and needs have completely changed through the generations. And especially when we look at the, the younger millennials now, they're not drinking, or at least not in the same degree that I drank or that you drank. These two probably are a mix of you and I and the younger ones. So, it's there. no, the, the behaviours have completely changed. So, how do we talk to them? Well, that's, that's the big question.
0: So, so, that's, so, they're drinking differently. Are there any defining characteristics that we can stereotype them with? You know, so, if we wanted to go hunting, you know, we could sort of say this is what, they, what they're like.
1: I think if you try and market to millennials, you're already behind. Because if you look at them as a category and it's just as a, as a, as a whole, it's not going to work. Because again, millennials cover. We have old millennials. We have young millennials. They're in very different phases of life, um, buying houses, children, things like that. So no, I don't think. Uh... Personas is an interesting question, because it's something that in marketing that we're constantly looking at, and I think in the, in the old days, you could have a customer persona, and this is who my customer is, and it was very clearly defined, but I don't think we have that now. I think we have multiple personas, and it comes back again to the wants and the needs, and those are changing, because I'm a marketing expert, and I say, oh yes, this is how we should market, but then I'll go buy something, because it looks good because it made me feel good, right? So, like, I go against all the marketing rules. So I think we have to think about that when we're talking to consumers. if we try and go to millennials with a one-size-fits-all approach, it won't
0: work. Bronte, I'm going to go to you, because you you not only work in the industry, but your contemporaries are the people that we're talking about. What do you notice about your contemporaries compared to how, as an industry, we present ourselves to them?
2: Oh, there's a couple of things. I think the first thing would probably be how we digest information. So, which again, millennial is such a broad term, but if you're looking at a younger millennial, they digest information so quickly these days across multiple platforms and our attention spans are really short. So you need to be punchy, you need to be quick and you need to be everywhere, which is obviously difficult. Um, But I think it's important to be across all of these different channels and I think it's something as an industry that we're quite far behind on perhaps because we didn't grow up with that stereotyping the industry being a little bit older we haven't grown up with that and we haven't adapted and that's one thing that I'm really noticing now how me and my mates digest information where we look for information is very different to where the beer industry as a whole is presenting information and we're a bit behind the times in that sense
0: but as marketing manager for Eagle Bay and very much in the age group that we're talking about, you, I would argue that you have a bit of an inside running because a lot of breweries that have been established over the last you know, 10 or 15 years, the, the owners are older. Um, and in, in my own business, um, having written about the, the brewing industry for 20 years, it's very hard to understand the change in the industry, but I'm very fortunate to have um a, a team you know from just before 40 30 24 and 20 and that's been very strategically done so i've got people who are telling me too often how wrong i am uh, about so many things but is it important for breweries to you know have someone your age who they can reference to the people that they want to reach
2: yeah 100% you can't get away with having 5 50-year-old dudes in a room that think the same way and digest information in the same way. It's just not going to work. <laughs> um, I think it is really important to have diversity, not just, like, age, but people from diverse backgrounds with diverse interests because you need to have diverse opinions and, and a strategy that's shaped to appeal to a, a wide audience. It is funny, even... When I look on Instagram, it's interesting how many breweries still post stuff in landscape format (laughs) or post a little video and it's like, turn your phone sideways. They still haven't figured out that Reels is where everything's going, TikTok is where everything's going. Like, your phone is portrait shape and you need to be delivering content in portrait shape. That's just
0: wrong (laughs) because photos are landscape.
2: They obviously aren't on these platforms and they're not seeing this so they're creating what they think is right and they're missing like the very basic deliverables and they're just getting such low engagement and all the algorithms and the way engagement works now is changing rapidly so you have to keep up with these trends and if you don't have someone who's consuming information in that way, like how, how are you
1: meant to stay on top of things? Can I jump in? Absolutely. Portrait, the only thing we shoot portrait for is free to air. And there is no millennial that is watching free-to-air television. I can guarantee that. Landscape, that's what I meant. (laughs) Thank you. Landscape. The only thing we shoot... I I have my phone for this. The only thing we shoot this way is free-to-air. Thank you, Bronte. See, I am old. I forget things. Um, If we are shooting anything that we want people these days to consume, it's portrait. It's that way.
0: So not square like Instagram?
1: Even Instagram isn't square anymore. Yeah, Instagram's changing. <laughs> nine by 16.
0: Uh, Tom, how 16 hard is nine. it to keep up when you know, th- th- things are changing so quickly. Um, how hard is it to keep up when you are in a marketing role?
3: Uh, for me, it's not so hard because I've got uh, 40, 25-year-olds in the building that are very happy to tell tell me exactly what I'm doing wrong. Um, so that's great. Um but I can imagine if you're in a, in a smaller situation you've got to monitor, the, monitor these trends yourself and that there's so much information some some tr- trends stick around some some things are cool for one week and then they they're gone and how you know it's just an, you just have to gather the information and and for us at, at shelter you know that's the, the staff and the people that are 25 to 30 and living it um, or you know googling or wh- whatever it is however you find your your, your take on these trends.
0: It, 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 I find it very depressing that in your early 30s, you have to rely on people who are in their 20s, and uh, I wonder what hope I've got. But Which raises a good question, uh, Bronte, if, you know, w- w- first of all, before I even start talking about how we address a platform, what platforms should we be on as a, a brewing industry to reach this audience?
2: Well, I think Facebook is pretty much redundant now, um, unless you're organising an event or talking to someone via chat. It's pretty much redundant. Everything is leaning towards Instagram and platforms like TikTok. I have not found, and I and I've looked, I've not found a single Australian craft brewery on TikTok, um, and I think there's a huge and. and I haven't created a TikTok for Eagle Bay either but I think there's this huge gap here where it's kind of who's going to jump first because no one wants to jump, no one wants to do it but someone's going to do it first and everyone's going to look back and be like damn we really should have done that, we've missed this whole opportunity here but I also think Instagram and Reels is the future of Instagram um Instagram put up videos with their CEO and with their team talking about everything that they're introducing into Reels. They're making videos longer. They're making them have different buttons so you can engage with people. If you're not posting Reels on Instagram, you are so far behind.
1: Like, you need video content. You can't just have stills anymore. That video that Instagram put up about changing the algorithm and all the other stuff, they put on TikTok. So they're going on TikTok to say, hey, guys, yeah. I mean, it's just something to keep in mind. And if you're afraid of going into TikTok but you're already creating reels, you're halfway there. So don't be afraid of it. I mean, be afraid of it. but It's a little bit scary. It is a
0: little <laughs> scary. Just to, and I'll pose this to you, Meg, but I'll pick up on Bronte's point about No Australian Brewery is on TikTok in a meaningful way. I think there are one or two that have done it, um, or have, uh, but we haven't seen a lot of it. How much of that could be, not because they're scared of it, but if you've got an owner, say I own a brewery, I'm going to look a little bit ridiculous being on a TikTok talking to 25 to 30-year-olds. So how do you do TikTok? I'm I'm, going to look like Scott Morrison's daggy dad, um, looking like I'm trying to lean into that. So how how do we do it? Can you just have a 50-year-old dude on TikTok trying to talk to the kids?
1: 100%. But TikTok has also changed. I think when TikTok first came out and pre-pandemic, it very much was dancing and singing. But it is not dance. I mean, yes, there is the dancing and singing, but it is so much more than that. It is an educational platform now. It is a knowledge-sharing platform. It is It is so much more. So it isn't necessarily a 50-year-old guy getting up there going, beer, malts, yay. Like, it's, you could, but that's not necessarily what it is anymore.
0: Just out of it, how many people in this room have a TikTok account that you monitor to sort of see... Okay. (laughs) Are those
1: personal accounts or are they work accounts?
0: But even... I was even asking personal accounts just so you understand what the platform is and and you've you've seen it. So very... uh, So a few.
2: I also think to jump in, and I mean this in the nicest possible way, but we wouldn't have you on TikTok as the face of the brand. We have have the 40, (laughs) 25-year-olds from the bar... Who are, who are jumping in and, and innovating in that space and in that space and know what's cool and we would lean on that knowledge, I think.
3: I think if you're not doing TikTok because your 50-year-old managing director doesn't want you to, uh, you probably have bigger problems than not being on TikTok because, you know, just like a sports team, your brewery team needs buy-in from everyone from top to bottom and if everyone's not buying in, then that, that's something bigger that you need to address.
0: Which, I I guess, is very much about mindset, that that the marketing that we're talking about here isn't, you know, do I do a reel about this? It's how, as a business, should we be thinking and structuring ourselves in a rapidly evolving market? Is that a fair summary of... That we really need to look at our approach and not do things the way that we've always done them?
3: Yeah. uh, Yeah, I think so. And I think it's just individuals need to be able to leave their ego aside and have faith in that person... To do their job, um, you know the managing director isn't coming in and telling the brewer how to brew the beer, and shouldn't be telling the marketing person how to market to millennials. You know it's obviously it's all collaborative, everyone's in on it. But if they're making uh, you know sweeping vetoes on, on decisions like that, it's they're they're letting their ego get in the way of the the company.
0: Meg, the thing I find interesting about that is that so I've got a brewery, um, I've got a phone, I could easily do it myself. I'm not going to do it very well, that we actually... All I can see is the dollar signs for having to have a social media consultant or a social... These technologies were presented to us as ways that we could take ourselves to um, our audience. But it sounds like there is actually a strategy that needs to be built into a business that has financial implications and business planning implications as well.
1: Correct. No, everything you said is right. I mean, social media was meant to be the thing that we could do ourselves and we still can do ourselves and the more you do it, the better you get, the more videos you shoot, the better you get, Um, the more you practice anything, the better you'll get at it. And I think for some businesses, social media is something that can be done in. Okay. There's many prongs to your question. First of all, yes, it was brought to us as something we can do ourselves. And yes, you guys are all capable of doing it. And third, you're probably better at it talking about your business than I am because by the time you explain it to me, you could have just done it yourself in theory, right? But the other point of your question is, yes, there is a massive strategy that goes behind it, and you can't just post, and you can't just throw things up. You can't just go, oh, well, this is gonna suit everyone. It's, it, there is so much thought that goes into it, which is why I have the job that I have, because social media can be a full-time job. And when you are of a business that has, is a certain level, then yes, social media is a full-time job because your marketing manager, no matter how good they are, simply cannot be across everything. Because social media isn't just putting a post on Facebook, right, there's 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 the content production, there's the strategy, there's the writing of the caption. But then there's also the community management side of it, which is where you're actually interacting with the people, interacting with your customers. They leave comments, you have to comment back. People, you have to go out and find people that are posting about your stuff and leave comments. So it is big. So I can see as a brewery owner, you'd be going, yeah, dollar signs, dollar signs. How do I do this? Oh, I'm just, social media is just not even worth it. But social media is where the kids are. Social media is where your customers are. Everything has changed, and everything we're consuming is online and in our phone. And if you guys aren't in the space that I'm in, I will not know you will exist.
2: I think Meg summarized that really well. Um, I would probably just add... Adding to that, everything that you should be putting on social media should be adding value to your audience. I feel like if it's an afterthought, you're generally thinking, oh, shit, I haven't posted yet this week. I'm going to throw something up. Like, it's quality over quantity. There's no point chucking something up for the sake of it. It needs to be adding value to your audience. It needs You need to understand your audience first so that you can communicate with them and then you need to be putting up, like, timely, relevant content that adds value and that all takes a lot of time and planning um, and that is where yeah social media does or really easily has the capacity to turn into a full-time job particularly with the community engagement piece as well you need to be your biggest fans are on social media talking about your product you need to be engaging with them in in a way that's authentic and so that is where it really needs to be like almost an in-house full-time job
1: We're not saying you have to post every day. Please don't take that away or that you have to be doing all reels and reels every single day. You know, I have a client that loves to look at our competitors. And so we pulled some reports and our competitors are posting twice as much as we are, getting half the engagement. So when that client said, could you please post more often? I said no, because we're look at how well we're doing posting three times a week. That's all our audience wants from us right? We're adding value. We're not just throwing posts up to make the general manager feel good. We're listening to what our customer wants and we're giving them the content that will resonate with them.
0: Tom, how much is it enough to, picking up on Meg's point, can you just be on the platform or does the platform have to fit into a much broader strategy for your business?
3: The value of social media is that it's a two-way conversation. So, you, you can talk to your customers and they can talk back to you. Um, and so, you can, build a, you can build a relationship with your customers that way. And, you know, the cliche is people trust people, not companies. And, you know, your, your customers or the people that follow you can be, you know, you build that relationship, you become a person to them. Um, and it's kind of, you know, I think it's, it's like the millennial agreement is, you know, millennials will throw a laptop across the room because of a 10-second YouTube ad they can't skip but they'll follow you if they like you, they'll get your emails and they'll read them. They're happy to be marketed to, but we're happy to be marketed to. Uh, we're happy to be marketed to. It's just kind of as long as it's on our, on our terms and we have that relationship and that you know, existing, um, that, yeah, that existing relationship there.
1: Well, it becomes more of a conversation than a marketing. I'm accepting your email because I want to know what's going on with you as opposed to being sold to.
2: I think the, yeah, authenticity piece is really important and the storytelling, yeah, you don't want to be sold to. You want to know more about old mate who's brewing for the brand and, and how that beer came to life and the background story. And then you'll buy the beer because you're invested but you don't want an email that's just like, we've got a new beer, buy it, it's this price. Like, that doesn't work anymore.
3: I do think sometimes people have to be careful not to forget to sell at the end though and it's not all just about having a really nice relationship which is great but at some point, you know, in the email or in the post, maybe once a month or w- whatever it is for you, there is the, hey, we've got this product which, which we make and you like our personality and our brand. Well, you've got to have a call to action. This is what it is. So, uh, yeah. How
0: much does this fall back into the rest of your marketing? How much do you understand, need to understand what your message is and what your brand is so you can communicate that through the right channel to the, to, to the right people?
2: Oh, it's super important. If you don't have business values that then kind of dictate your brand values, you're not providing that value to your audience because you don't know – if you don't understand yourself as a group of of internal stakeholders, how are you meant to go external with that messaging and how is that going to be clear and strong? You all need to be on the same page within the business and then – then you're able to communicate that and that's where it becomes a lot easier and you start to get more engagement because it's that authenticity piece. Everything works. Everything makes sense.
0: How come you're not on TikTok then? How come you're not doing reels for Eagle Bay?
2: Honestly, that's probably a time thing. I can barely post on Instagram with meaningful, meaningful content three times a week. But as Meg said, we're moving to a heap of reels. So we're already halfway there. Um... We just need to make that jump. But it's also probably overcoming the issue of marketing to the appropriate audience and making sure we don't have 17-year-olds on there going, oh, wow, this looks amazing.
0: And we don't want to get into the whole ABAC discussion. We'll save that for another day. But it's certainly all of the marketing needs to take in into that.
1: TikTok is getting older, though. It's not just 18 to 24-year-olds. Like, it's, it's all of us. Are on TikTok Not now. Not
0: all of us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> all <By> generations, <laughs> all age groups. By the end are of on.
0: the day, I will be. I promise. Uh, um, I guess that's a question: Is there a business benefit? You know, if if no one's doing it, is it because they don't get it, or because they've actually done an assessment that there isn't the return on it?
2: I think there's probably two barriers. The first would be lack of understanding. A lot of breweries probably if they are owned by an older person and they perhaps like the average age working the brewery is 40 and they're not on TikTok, then they don't understand and there's that barrier like we don't understand it, we don't understand what to post, we don't understand how regularly to post or how people consume information, so it's too hard... And then the second would just be time, as we spoke about. Social media is a full-time job in itself and most people here don't have a dedicated social media person. They have a marketing person who, you know, Tom can say, we're running around doing a million things, launching a million products and doing events and this, that and the other. So it becomes an afterthought and then you're like, well, if it's an afterthought, I'm not going to do it well, so I'm going to park it. But I think the first step is the hardest and once you get on it, it will become easier.
3: I think with... with TikTok, it, in specifically, there's a bit of perfection paralysis because, you know, Instagram, oftentimes, it's so polished, it looks so beautiful, it's curated. But if you scroll through TikTok, it's, they're just videos people have slapped up in 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be perfect. And people are rightly uh, wary of putting things about their brand or their, their, themselves that aren't perfect out there.
0: So how about influencers? Are influencers an easy way to do it, and also reach the right audience? Where do you stand on in, in influencers?
1: Um, I think I'm not a big fan. Look, no, I think, I think there are some influencers that are absolutely incredible, and I work with a couple of them, and they are brilliant, and they deliver, and you get ROI every time. But I think for a lot of people, it became, how do I get a free life? And I'm not here to support that. I'm here to sell biz- to sell beer or to, or to sell things.
0: Ronnie, would you ever consider using influencers, you know, getting the hand the beer in the hand of a 28-year-old person with 15 I don't even know what a significant number of followers would be in a in TikTok land.
2: Yes and no. I think you have to be really careful because these days it's very easy to see um whether something's genuine or not. I've seen breweries send out beer samples to the same influences again and again and everyone's posting about it on the same day and I don't know about you guys but I see through that shit straight away. I I don't think that's authentic at all and I think that's probably actually has a negative impact on the brand if anything. So you have to be really careful with who you seek out and the way that you go about it and, and make sure that you're communicating your messaging and your values properly so that that carries through and what they're putting out in the world?
3: Tom? Uh, Yeah I love them Um, we but we usually look at probably people that wouldn't even call themselves influencers I mean we look at a lot you know boating camping fishing travel people Um, you know a lot of the time it's some guy who's out camping and he just posts a, a photo and it shelters in it and tags us, and we just, oh, that's great, and we just send them a carton, and we keep popping up in their reels, and then we get all these followers of people that have four-wheel drives as their profile picture all of a sudden, and so we, and we really build them, or they become huge fans of of us, uh, which is, which is awesome, because, you know, like you say, then it's genuine and it's real.
1: Well, they started as fans, and you surprise and delight them, as opposed to just, here's a free life.
3: I mean, they're not coming to you, you know, with their hand out, going, can I, can I, what can I have, yeah.
1: No, it was pure enjoyment of that beer by the campfire. Yeah.
0: Now, we've talked, we've pretty much exclusively talked about social media, but of course that's only one arm of marketing. You know, if you want to reach younger consumers, you know, does the look and feel of a venue play into that? You know, if you want them to come into the venue, what's relevant to, you know, younger consumers in terms of the vibe of a place, the, the aesthetics of a place?
1: Oh, it's got to be Instagrammable. It's got to look good.
0: Right. reelable
1: Ooh, that's a new word. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's got to look good. You know, we are very much driven, we millennials, but I think we hu- humans, actually. I think humans, we're driven by marketing. We're driven by pretty things. We like pretty things. We like to surround ourselves with pretty things. Now, pretty can be defined by many ways. It can be raw and rough and rustic and warehousy, but we like to, to, to have a sense of comfort. And so I think the millennials are the same. And so your venue, it. It can be raw and rustic and, and a warehouse, but it has to be warm. You know what I mean? Like you have to, you have to. It has to be, it has to look good. They want to, they want to make, they want to impress their friends.
0: So basically, to some extent, it does all come back to social media. But when you look at the, the look of a venue, has to look good on social media. The you know, it, it, is, is that a, a reasonable takeaway? I, th-
2: I think so. Um, honestly, everyone who comes to Eagle Bay and sees that view posts about it on Instagram. Everyone posts about it on Instagram. I don't know if there's anyone there actually enjoying the view and not getting their
0: phone out. Funnily enough, I saw a reel um, come up this week where a guy had posted, I pay $10,000 to fly my girlfriend here so she could sit on a rock that she saw an influencer sit on. And it was basically a rock beside a bay so that they, they could... Is I mean, is that, is that a real effect? Like, the people just want to go and have that same photo that they've seen...
1: There's an Instagram account, I think it's called Insta Repeats, and it shows you like nine photos at a time that are all taken from the same place. And it's all these people like, you know, the photo of the beer by a campfire or the photo of this, and they're literally the same photo.
0: But is that effective or is that the bullshit? Um, do, does everyone call bullshit when they see that? Is Can things be overdone?
2: Well, I think that is effective because it goes back to what Tom is saying in the sense that these are fans who have gone and paid money purely off their own or because they saw they saw one of their friends post about it they didn't see eagle bay or shelter post about it their mates have post about it and they want to fit in and belong with their mates therefore they have to go and they have to replicate that photo and say look at me i've been here and then the next group of friends will do the same thing and it it's great word of mouth marketing for us and we don't even have to do anything but we do because we need to make sure the venue is instagrammable so (laughs)
0: Now, I'm going to go to, it's a lot to get through. Who would like to ask a question? Are there any questions? Uh, yeah.
3: Um, how relevant is email still? Very, very relevant. <laughs> you should be doing it lots.
1: If you're not, you're losing out. It's, for, for my conference that I'm running right now, email is the most effective channel out of everything. It's, it's blowing me away how effective email marketing is right now.
3: And aggressively growing that database as well. You know, every, everything from the basic, your website needs to have a pop-up saying sign up um, through to running competitions to grow it and, yeah, any innovative ideas you can think to grow your, your email database is, it's a, it's a goldmine.
2: And we've been doing a lot of um, EDMs where we kind of tease the content and people have to click through to our website to then read the full, full article and our click-throughs have gone through the roof. One,
1: one thing we didn't say, but I know we're all doing, is we're very segmented with those emails, though. We are not mass marketing. We're not pushing out to the entire database three times a week. It is, ooh, this person likes this thing and this group of them. They're going to get that type of content. And we're going to segment here and segment here. And that's what's effective.
0: Is it fair to say is that, that right? people will scroll, spend a lot of time scrolling on the toilet through garbage on Facebook. But when it comes to an email, they actually engage with that much better? Because you just see people waiting in line at the supermarket and they'll scroll through Facebook. But when they're opening an email, they're actually engaging with the email.
1: I think it comes to the content. Is your email interesting? Or is it, oh, it's just whatever, delete. Or it's, you know, does that subject line get me? Does that preview line get me? Right? It's, I, I think, I mean, we're funny creatures. If you get my interest, you'll get my interest. No matter whether it's on the toilet or in the grocery line, or no, you know what I mean. Like it's if your content is interesting. What did you say a few minutes ago? You know, we we don't mind being marketed to. It just has to be authentic, or it has to be what has to be relevant to us.
3: And and if if they've if someone's opened the email, that that's not just on the scroll. They've seen it. They go, this is from Shelter. I'm opening this, so I'm I'm already I've al- I've already bought in. So yeah, so once they open your email, they're bought in. So.
0: Any other questions? Here we go. Thanks, Sam. Um,
3: obviously, TikTok's a pretty new platform and they keep on coming out and with a new one. How do you guys keep on educating yourself on how to approach the new platforms?
1: I will die single because I am always on the internet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I was right. going to say pretty much social media. Um, I am part of this generation where you digest content super quickly. So I want a... 60-second Instagram reel that tells me how Instagram reels work or a 30-second TikTok that tells me how TikTok works and just keeping up to date with this stuff, which does take a lot of time. So that's where, yeah, there's also the option to invest in someone who's already doing it for
1: you. It's why it's a full-time job, though, because you do. You just have to pay attention. But I'll never know everything about your business. You'll never know everything about social media. But if we can find a way to work together... We can do great things, you know, because you can give me your tidbits and I can give you mine and we can make epic content and and be collaborative.
0: Is there any data on whether it does convert? Because I I, I hear Bronte say, I just want to have it quickly. Do you get it quickly and it stays um, in, in, in your head? Like if you're a consumer and you see something quickly, does it still stay with you?
2: Yeah, 100%. I mean, it works the same way as like a billboard, but it's just way cheaper and more authentic. So I think so.
3: Well, I think people uh, don't repost themselves enough. So they get an amazing photo or a reel or a video or whatever and they post it once and they go, job done. But if you're not, especially if that piece of content was a significant investment, like you spent a few thousand dollars putting a video together, post it every. You know, month every you know every start of every summer. If it's if that's what the video is about, you've got people
2: have short memories. Yeah, and And, and
3: it's like the billboard. Billboards are effective because you you see them every day on your commute, not because you drive past it once and you go, "I'm going to go to Chemist Warehouse this afternoon," but every single day for three months you see that sign and it gets ingrained on your brain
1: and you can put it on different things just because you created a video for instagram doesn't mean that's the only place it's allowed to live like you can put it on youtube you can put it on facebook you could put it on your website for that matter in your email (laughs) you know think about the different ways you can use the content because it is a it is a significant investment when you look at time as well as the content production and then the product you know i always tell businesses it's not it's not free to have an influencer come in you still got to feed them that Produce, that costs money, especially now.
3: Any questions? Thanks, guys. Very informative. Um, There was a lot of talk about authenticity today. And one of the things that I've always thought about is if you're going on to Instagram, for example, but you're advertising the slow roasted pork and the meat and the duck fat roasted potatoes, yet my daughters a vegan and most of her friends are vegan. I'm very interested in your thoughts on what it is you should be marketing that is authentic to your venue that would inspire the millennials to come to your venue as opposed to I guess my generation which would be looking for the uh, slow roasted pork and so forth.
1: Aren't millennials eating pork too? They're not all vegans. I mean,
2: I try to be a vegan but I'm also wearing blundstones so they sold me. I <laughs>
3: know. I think that earlier we talked about your not knowing your your brand and who your business is and I think being authentic is replicating that brand and personality onto Instagram. So if your brand is, uh, you know, slow-cooked meat, then it's probably not the place for vegans anyway. But if it's slow-cooked meat but you've also got a great vegan menu, then you're showing both off and you're attracting both markets. So it's just a it's a reflection of who you you, you are and, and the business is and, and the people that re- relate to that um, will, will be attracted to it.
1: And the way the algorithms work, if you're only posting meat, chances are the vegans won't see it anyways because they're not going to interact <laughs> with your content to continue getting it served to them.
0: Love the algorithms. Um, probably time for one more question.
2: Um, my question probably p- builds on the previous one and a little bit what you are just talking about. Um, even, I mean, I'm a millennial and I literally repel technology. I'm the person that sits on the hill at Eagle Bay and looks at the view. Um, So I'm probably not the right person. Um, But I guess the algorithms are changing more and more in that it's getting harder and harder to advertise liquor. And Facebook, Insta's already starting to change. I don't know much about TikTok. I have a TikTok account, but I don't really use it. Um, Is that just going to be continually happening? And if you're talking about growing your database so you can do EDM, how do you grow that if you can't advertise on these platforms that the millennials are using? What is their kind of... Other than social media, how do you interact with millennials?
3: Great point. I think it's really important to acknowledge that talking to millennials is not equals social media. Um, there's all you know traditional media, out of home, TV, radio, that still exists and it still works. Um, you know, maybe not geared exactly towards millennials, but there's definitely a place for it. Um, I mean, w- w- one example is when we had the the, the billboards on, on the highway, and we you, you can't measure that. You don't get engagement statistics or anything like that, but you know, we, we know it worked because every week we had people on an Instagram posting that, a picture of that on their way down, uh, on, on their way down south.
1: Yeah. So, there, I mean, there will be more and more regulations around tobacco, alcohol, Any very good answer, by the way. You know, there will be more. This is where you guys got to be clever, right? Don't go out there and go buy my beer. Show Tom enjoying a beer. Make a reel of Tom by a campfire enjoying a beer. That's not an ad, but it sure as hell is an ad, right? So you got to think differently when it comes to the advertising side of it.
2: Yeah, 100%. I think gone are the days where your feed can just be full of photos of different beer cans. These days, I try to have product shots in like maybe one in one in 3, one in 4 photographs and on Instagram or Reels or whatever it may be, and move back to the storytelling piece and talking about, you know, sustainability or here's our brewers or we're doing a campaign called It Takes a Village that's focusing on our staff and talking about our staff more and that all feeds back into the story and I think it's important what we mentioned with the call to action. Eventually you also want to be like, so here's our team member, book a table or here's our brewers, buy our beer but in a more nuanced and subtle way and I think that's what people have our age, enjoy more as well.
1: The question was, will we move away from social if it's getting harder and harder? No, we're just gonna be more creative, right? We're just gonna, we're gonna have it, we're gonna become, for me, when I look at Eagle Bay, I get a lifestyle vibe, then I get the beer. Now, that might be what you want, maybe you want me to get beer first, but I know the vibe of Eagle Bay, and the socials tell me that. Oh, and then by the way, they sell beer, right? So if we can think about our advertising in that way, become more storytellers, which is the buzzword, it's far better for everyone. As far as where do we reach people, word of mouth. But then that's where the surprise and delight and the fun stuff comes in.
3: A really strong one as well is uh, the venue or the, the tap house or w- w- whatever it is for your brewery. Um, whether that's when they make a booking online or whether they're in the venue. I mean, it, it's old school and it sounds dumb, but the you know, pen and pad sign up to our mailing list for the chance to win a cart of beer um, I mean, some poor soul then has to insert a thousand uh, names and email addresses into the database. But you know, we've done that at festivals and come away with six, seven, eight hundred um, names in a in a jar. And yeah, some somewhere for one <laughs> card in <of> beer. <laughs> for <one>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> w- whatever it is, yeah, or a, maybe just a, a free. Um, a free cup of beer on the day or something even you know
1: give me a hoodie I'll sign up for anything
0: (laughs) well that's that's all we have the time for so Tom Bronte and Meg thank you very much for talking us uh, through how to reach younger millennials and uh, providing so much uh, insight big round of applause please for the panel thanks to Bintani for making the recording of this panel discussion possible Bintani supplying the brewing industry with a wide range of quality brewing ingredients since 1995